0: Welcome back to Linear Britannica with me, Jess Crook, and my co-host Wes Robertson. Oh, hi. On this wonderful episode, we have uh, with us today James McBain of Hellripper. Thank you for coming on.
1: Hello, thank you very much for having me on. Much appreciated. We appreciate you coming on. Uh,
2: so to start out as kind of we normally do, uh, just how would you describe Hellripper's music to someone that hasn't heard it before? What kind of genre of metal would you say it falls under and why?
1: Um, I would say, I would describe it as kind of black speed metal. Um... That's kind of, yeah, that's kind of the best description. There's loads of other influences and stuff in there and different elements. But yeah, it's easy just to say black speed metal or black thrash metal or any, any of those, uh, any combination of those.
0: I think that's the first time maybe that someone's introduced uh, the genre of their, um, their music and it be the exact same label that's used on Encyclopedia metallum So congrats for that. Um Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, maybe like uh, you can tell us like uh when you first started kind of developing this band, like is that the kind of style that you were kind of already into or was there a particular kind of reason that you gravitated towards like developing music in this style for, you know, your own purposes?
1: Yeah. So back um I kind of started things when I was uh what year would it be? Yeah, when I was about maybe 18 or something, I was uh looking to form a band you know I'd played with uh I jammed with friends and and all of that when I was in school and we had never as most as most people who are trying to form bands uh would agree with it's very difficult to find a drummer or a vocalist um and so after like years of trying and I played in punk bands you know with friends and we played some shows I just I wanted to yeah I was really into black speed metal metal punk it's my favorite kind of music um bands like toxic holocaust and venom sodom uh creator any of that kind of stuff and i didn't know anyone that was um into the same music as me let alone that wanted to that, that wanted to play it or be in a band in that style so yeah i decided just to try and do everything on my own i wanted to right to re- i wanted to release something and i thought if i waited for members waited to find members then i would probably never get anything done so i decided just to go for it try it on my own um learn as i went along just record everything in my bedroom at home um and yeah the yeah like um to answer that question your the the goal was to do yeah black speed black thrash like i said um, Basically, at the start, it was kind of a lot less complex, you know, it was kind of straightforward punk influenced, um, black thrash, black speed, whatever. Um, and over the years, as I've grown like more confident in songwriting and as I've developed more influences, as I've improved at songwriting, as I've improved at recording, improved at my instrument, um, I've tried to incorporate, you know, more elements from. Different genres and different, different ideas and try and make things sometimes a little bit more complex. Uh, not always. It's sometimes fun just to go, um, back to basics and, uh, do things that way. But yeah, it's, yeah, basically just trying to put everything that I like and everything that inspires me into this one package that just so happens to be kind of fast metal at its core
2: (laughs) so when you were kind of exploring these genres early on um were you kind of doing it alone you said you didn't know many people that were into the same music
1: yeah so everything uh is still done by myself so yeah it was uh just a matter of yeah i lived in um aberdeen up in scotland um and at the time i was like getting into this i was i think maybe yeah 17 or something so i didn't i wasn't um I wasn't allowed to go to some shows you know because of the age restrictions and so I wasn't really a part of my music scene and I didn't really know many people I had like a couple of friends at school that were into metal but um either not the style that I wanted to play or they didn't play drums or they didn't you know share share my ideas or whatever and so yeah I just out of necessity really um I did it. I decided to do things on my own. If I had, if I had the choice, I would have had a full band, but I'm in hindsight, I'm glad because yeah, I've been in bands and I've do this on my own and I much prefer working this way. It's a lot, it's a lot easier for me. It's a lot more, you know, I can, it's all my ideas. I don't need to adhere to other people's schedules. I don't need to, you know wait for other people to do things i don't need to do things that i don't want to because the other people want to mm. uh, you know just there's no arguments uh or you would think there's no arguments <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: yeah so it's just an easier process for me just doing everything by myself just kind of being at home writing recording whenever i want you know at my own pace um you know if i want to release things really quickly I can if I want to take a break for ten years. I can, and it won't affect Mm. anyone else. Mm. um, For example,
0: so is there anything in particular about like black and speed metal specifically that attracted to you? Like you know, um, is there a reason why you've gravitated towards those styles as opposed to you know death metal? Let's say,
1: um, I love death metal as well, but yeah, I don't know. I've always loved thrash metal. That's the most. That's my favorite Mm -hmm. um, style of music. I, I mean, I got into metal really with Metallica and Megadeth. So I guess that kind of uh, started things off. And then, yeah, I got into, just just as I was uh, growing up and getting into metal, it was around the time where there was the kind of new, the thrash revival and the new wave of traditional metal were going on. So as I was growing up, the, the bands that were gaining popularity were like um, Havoc, Warbringer, evil gamma bomb um steel wing enforcer all this kind of stuff like kind of yeah heavy metal most of it fast metal and stuff so i got into it um as i was kind of yeah just developing my taste i think and yeah something about the um the kind of first wave of black metal kind of inspired stuff appealed to me because it was very um it was a lot it was a lot less complex than a lot of thrash metal you know even like bands like Metallica and Megadeth and things like that that it's quite demanding quite some things are quite technical and difficult to play um and a lot of the bands that I liked were yeah Toxic Holocaust, Midnight um yeah, stuff like that, where it's a, a little more, uh, a little less complex to play. It's very straightforward, more punk influence, like I mentioned. Um And I wasn't, I still am not, but I wasn't the greatest guitar player or anything, uh, especially at the time. And so it appealed to me that you could do things in a, in a, without being as good as Dave Mustaine or Jeff Waters, for example, uh, at guitar. Um Especially in terms of lead guitar, I was never a lead guitarist, and when I ha- heard some of these bands, either the, the guitar solos were quite basic, or there were no guitar solos, which was appealing to me because I thought you needed loads of guitar solos. You need you need to be technically uh, proficient. You need to be amazing, you know, at the instrument. So I think, yeah, that appealed to me. The kind of DIY nature of it as well a lot of it is recorded in in people's rooms or home studios or uh or whatever and a lot of it is just one man bands as well you know like i mentioned toxic holocaust midnight uh Bathory, and you've got dark throne who are the, the two of them and they kind of do everything diy as well so mm. yeah a lot of just yeah everything in the genre kind of uh appealed to me and it was yeah it just made me think i can do this uh like, yeah, you can do it, um, regardless if you're amazing or the best instrumentalist ever or whatever.
2: So, so far you've been talking primarily about, you know, the the sonic qualities of these genres, and like the difficulty. Mm-hmm. Did you have any interest in or did you pay any attention to uh, what the lyrics were of these bands at the time you're getting into them?
1: Um, not so much. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, I think I always kind of like the dark you know usually it's um a lot of the the more black metal side of things a lot of it is kind of more you know co- uh extreme um you know kind of over the top kind of horror um type stuff which i'm i'm a fan of you know i like the kind of over the top imagery and stuff like that um i guess it kind of lyrically i guess i'm kind of more i like the death metal stuff with a horror influenced um stuff um but yeah most music is kind of the music is usually the biggest appeal to me um with lyrics kind of play a i don't want to say secondary role but i think having a a good song first is the most important and then you can fit the lyrics around that
0: Hmm. and so you know even if lyrics (laughs) are considered more secondary to the to the music uh, for you do you think you have a sense of like what makes for like good lyrics and bad lyrics on a kind of general sense
1: um i I don't know if I think anything can kind of work again music is so you know subjective so it's just what appeals to you as a person I think I mean some of the the lyrics I like you know are or are, are very simple very i get bad you know but <laughs> they're, they're they're catchy they're just they they roll off the tongue well they um fit the song you know so i i think it really depends i mean you can yeah it, it just really depends on the overall vibe for me if the lyrics fit the song and if the lyrics yeah they don't need to be like genius <laughs> um mm. and i'm and i'm for sure you know like not i'm no Danny Filth or whatever. Like, I'm not a a great lyric writer, I would say. I just try and uh, write what I think works for the song. Um, I do try and make the lyrics interesting um, or a little bit different or something. Um, But, yeah, sometimes it is fun just to kind of go, you know, back to basics and just uh, over-the-top kind of nonsense. Um, Yeah.
0: Well, how about, can we ask specifically about, like, what would make for, like, lyrics that would, you know, be, I guess, less appealing to you? Like, you know, if, if anything can potentially be appealing, like, what would be, like, the kind of qualities of lyricism that you would find kind of, I, I guess, a off?
2: Yeah, well, you mentioned um, fitting. Like, what would make it not fit?
1: Yeah, so a lot of, I've, I'm kind of very, like, rigid in the way I do, like, in the way I do things. If you, like, look at my vocal patterns and stuff like that so usually kind of everything ha- kind of has to rhyme everything kind of has to be in a certain um kind of fit a certain like uh, rhythm or whatever like to go with the song um so i don't i've never been turned off by like um any lyrics like just if just because of how they're like written um other than if it's like you know ridiculous uh Nazi stuff I'm not gonna I'm not gonna listen to that shit but um yeah in terms of kind of like in general yeah it's mostly like Mm -hmm. I like things to rhyme in a certain way I like things to um yeah it's just yeah it's just weird in my mind like the way (laughs) it's just whether it works in my mind or not it's very difficult to kind of use a generalization of what would appeal or not appeal. It's just, you know, I hear when I hear it, I, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll think, Oh, that's great. Or that doesn't quite work or something. Um, mm-hmm.
2: So given that you write all the music for Hellripper, ripper, um, how do you approach your own lyric writing as part of this process? Like how do you balance lyric writing against all the other creative processes necessary to create uh, your music?
1: Yeah. So Usually, the music is written kind of first, um, and I don't start lyrics until like everything is recorded basically um that kind of gives me um, but th- because then everything's kind of set in stone or basically set in stone, and then I can write the lyrics around the music. um I have tried writing lyrics before um everything was done in the past, but yeah things change with the music or sometimes you know you have to the lyrics don't quite fit like i mentioned so you've got to kind of change things um etc so yeah usually when everything is done musically is when i kind of start writing lyrics however i do some i usually have like an idea of a song title or maybe a chorus idea or you know just some like just some small idea that i want to include with the the vocals with the lyrics um and i kind of have that in the back of my mind and um yeah it's yeah the process is kind of it really depends on the song i guess but yeah usually there's a song title or a chorus idea to to kind of base the lyrics around as well you know um so while i'm writing a song i'll have the music for the chorus for example And then I'll have the idea for the chorus there. And then I'll know what the song is about, um, if I'm making any sense there. And then once everything is done, everything else gets added um, so that things can fit properly. Hmm.
2: So before we dive into your lyrics more specifically, um, there's something we kind of all assess in this podcast, which is where do you kind of stand on the debate or the you know style in metal, where uh, if extreme metal lyrics should be viewed as kind of escapist fantasy and entertainment, uh, or if they're like a true reflection of the artist's own views, politics, and identities. Uh, you have lyrical themes uh, that include, um, you know, things like evil, death, black magic, Satanism, uh, anti Christianity. Is this just representing of the theme of you know Hell Ripper with with Hell in the name? Or yeah. are these themes and stories meant to connect with your personal beliefs, opinions, or issues in the real world at all?
1: Yeah, it's just to go with the music, uh, really, for me. I know there are people that, you know, f- have their, like their lyrics are a true reflection of, like, their beliefs or whatever. But uh, for me, like I say, for me, I'm more of a music-orientated uh, person. So the lyrics kind of... I don't like saying come secondary because they they are an important part of the song, but they, you know, they the music is the most important to me and then the lyrics kind of fit the music for me. So I think Black Speed Metal, the music that Hellripper plays works well with dark lyrics or horror, horror movie hmm. type lyrics or um, yeah, just the darker side of things, lyric lyrically. Um, so yeah for the most part it doesn't uh yeah uh represent me as a person <laughs> but yeah
2: so i mean not not to be like you know i don't believe you or anything like that but i'm i'm just curious there's a lot of discussion in your lyrics as we'll get into about you know um uh bad things happening in churches bad things happening to christians specifically does this not <laughs> in any way reflect uh, reflect any kind of um personal uh towards religion or
1: i mean i'm not a fan of religion um <laughs> uh, i mean that's yeah i'm just not a fan of religion but i get mm-hmm. it's, it's uh it's black metal it's mm. the kind of you know being influenced by uh, like i mentioned bands venom toxic holocaust and uh whatever like if you read some of their lyrics it's extreme just you know over the top again it's kind of like horror movie style um just over the top. Some it's just yeah, sometimes it's just really fun to write over the <laughs> top ridiculous uh stuff. <laughs>
0: well that leads on uh quite nicely to a opening question we had prepared for your um analysis of your of your lyrics uh, because we wanted to talk generally about um you know your satanic occult and anti-christian themes uh because while on the one hand these are probably some of the more more well-recognized lyrical themes associated with the male genre at large uh we haven't actually spoken to anyone before you who consistently integrated these themes into their lyrics um sorry we wanted to ask like you know beyond just um the kind of relationship that you see between your music style um and these kinds of themes like is there anything else that um, has kind of led you to uh, use these themes and, um, you know, make them the center point of your lyrical content?
1: To be honest, not so much. Um, hmm. Again, I think if you, at the start, I was very, very much kind of trying to figure out what I was doing. So if you listened musically, lyrically, um, like I mentioned before, it's a bit, the music and stuff, everything's a bit less, Complex. Um, some of the lyrics, um, they're very kind of basic, which is what I was going for. But also, I was kind of just, you know, figuring out how to write songs and figuring out how to, yeah, just figuring out how to do everything. And I think if you kind of go through everything in chronological order, things become a bit more. I kind of found my way uh, or found, like, f- learned, improved it. it kind of in most aspects and so you see things getting a bit more I don't want to say experimental but a bit more different um a bit different to you know I'm exploring some different things and musically there's more influences coming in the songs get a bit longer if you even look at the the lyrics and things like each line is a bit longer you know there's more lyrics mm. <laughs> on every yeah. track um and so yeah as I as I've gone, Kind of over the years, I've kind of tried to develop my own kind of—I um, don't want to say niche—but my own my own kind of the, uh, I guess, personality. I guess, and so with the latest album and even some songs from the previous releases, um, though not as um, prominent as the latest album, I've kind of tried to explore um, the darker side of Scottish stuff, which is. Mm-hmm. Something that uh, relates to me a little bit more um, with the being from Scotland, of course, and kind of adding the the Hellripper twist on the kind of darker side of Scottish folklore or Scottish um, events, you know, for example, like uh, yeah, taking things like the Knuckle of E and stuff, you know, these the creatures and stuff from Scottish folklore and all that kind of stuff. Um wow. so I am trying to, you know, develop a bit more, make things a little more interesting lyrically. Because as much as I love being over the top and re- ridiculous, there's only a certain there's only you know you can there's only a certain amount of times you can uh write an over the top uh, track about Satan rising and, and killing everyone and stuff. So I do try and do things a little bit differently. No, well,
2: we'll put a we'll put a pin in that uh that scottish mm-hmm. discussion because uh <laughs> we're, we have a we have a quite a number of questions about that uh but there, there's one uh song that kind of i guess like for me reading your discography even um like there's definitely been a change as, as as you said but it generally seems like you do kind of focus on this uh kind of medieval-ish uh maybe fantasy um framing where everything's kind of like pre-modern and, and dark and you know mm-hmm. uh Gritty in that way, but there's one song in your discography which doesn't do that. Um, and that's from the 2016 compilation, Complete and Total Fucking Mayhem, where you have the song uh Nuclear Hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one with lines like Atomic Power Signals the End of Us All is clearly set in the modern day. Um, mm. was this song one that stood out to you when you made it? As in like, did it feel experimental? And given that none of your work since then has been clearly set in like uh, I don't know, horrors that exist in twenty twenty-three um is it an experiment that you were kind of unhappy with the results of
1: uh no yeah that one was like like i mentioned again a lot of my influences a lot of for example toxic holocaust that's basically their whole um their whole thing like the the nuclear the nuclear war thing um and a lot of d-beat bands swedish d-beat and uh, just punk in general crust bands i guess um kind of focused on those themes, and that was one of the songs from early on, I guess. It was one of, probably one of the first, yeah, first ten written or something, I can't remember. And so, yeah, I wasn't really, I didn't really have the the evil, the satanic, all that kind of stuff. I didn't really have that as a, as the thing yet for Hellripper, and so I thought... Let's try something a bit different. I'll write um, a track influenced by you know another another topic, and uh, yeah, it was just. I think it's a cool song. It's just not. I think I found the the kind of themes that I wanted to explore with Hellripper. Kind of afterwards, I just kind of decided to focus on that. Um. Yeah, that's yeah, basically it. Um. It wasn't really that I had a problem with it or anything. It was just that I, I think the other stuff suited me better and suited the music better.
2: All right. So um, many of the Australian bands we've interviewed thus far have kind of actually uh, specifically mentioned a disinterest in kind of the evil and satanic themes. Um, and we've you know had uh, people suggest that that stuff's kind of old hat. Um, are you aware of these kind of perceptions? Like, do they affect your approach to the same, to these themes in your lyrics? Uh, like, do you ever feel pressure to do kind of evil satanic things in a new way or like any worry that it comes off, uh, you know, like a bit archaic given where the genre's kind of yeah. been moving these days?
1: Yeah, there's, I see a lot of people, you know, saying, oh, it's all, it's played out, everyone's done it. Um, but, it's it's what i like so i don't really care um <laughs> you know, and i i mean i don't the the music especially in the early days um like i keep mentioning was yeah very back to basics and very kind of not attempting to be something new you know i wasn't mm-hmm. uh i'm not I'm not like a prog experimental whatever kind of band it's kind of black speed metal, thrash metal, punk, very kind of in your face kind of stuff and so yeah, the lyrics kind of yeah, it's what I wanted to do, it's what I thought fit the music and so that's what I did Um, however, yeah, once you get to the new album I did, not through pressure from anyone else or, or anything just out of kind of wanting to try something new myself is why I brought the Scottish element in uh, to just do something different, I guess. Um Like I said, there's only so much that you can, there's only so many times you can say the same, same thing or say similar things, you know? And so, yeah, I wanted to bring in something different just because I, I thought it would be, I thought it would be, would be good. I thought it'd be, A little challenge, uh, you know, to kind of bring in the Scottish theme, but kind of stay within the Hellripper kind of style, you know. I'm even with the new album; it's kind of it's still the same thing, just in a Scottish context, really.
3: Uh, Mm -hmm. So,
1: um, yeah. So, yeah, I I am aware of people, and people tell me, you know, like all the. This is boring. The Satanism <laughs> kind of stuff, but yeah, it's. I don't care. It's fun. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, you know, beyond these kind of broader themes that we've already discussed, we also notice that your lyrics commonly reference uh, blood and gore. So, including lines uh, like "We bring you the newborn, uh, the sweet sinful blood, and we drink the life straight from its throat." Uh, I bleed before the congregation as I devour the light. The sudden flood of virgin blood decorates their blades. Uh, The candles burn bright in the shadow of gore, and the burnt remains of missing children are soaked in orange light. Nocturnal acts of savage torture um, fill the creature's lust. Uh, On top of this, I found about 44 instances of bleed or blood across your three (laughs) albums, um, with the vast majority um, just appearing um, on the album The Affair of Poisons. Um, so, whilst the appearance of blood and gore may not be surprising in songs about, like you know, black magic, satanic rituals, uh, we did find it interesting um, that across these references to bloody gore, you don't actually describe the blood and gore in a lot of graphic detail. Instead, mm-hmm. it's more like you're just noting that it's part of the scene that you're kind of describing. So, why yeah. do you think you've approached blood and gore in this particular way? And was this like a kind of conscious choice for you, or is this just you know kind of come out more organically from from how you've uh, you know approached? the songwriting more generally
1: yeah I it's just came out organically um i've never really thought about it to be to be honest but uh yeah i think it's just the way that the kind of songs go you know they're very fast they're very especially the, the earlier stuff are they're very short and so there's not really time to kind of give in-depth descriptions <laughs> um you know if I'm (laughs) trying if the song is two minutes long or whatever um, then it's you know it's very difficult to kind of progress the story of the track um, if there's only like what say eight lines or whatever in the song it's very difficult to kind of yeah stop and give more detailed descriptions Um, but again uh, like I mentioned with the, the later as you later stuff it's a bit more with the songs kind of increasing in length and and in and differing in like the speeds and things like that things get a bit more descriptive i guess you could say um but yeah it's just uh, yeah and when you when you it's funny hearing your lyrics uh, read out um, um but yeah it's just kind of what comes naturally you know um and of course, blood and gore, it's very, it's very metal. And so <laughs> that's, that's got to appear regularly, I guess.
2: <laughs> is is there a line? Like, have you ever, um, have you ever written something? You're like, oh, that's a bit, I went a bit too far there. That was a bit too gory. That was a bit too detailed, bit too graphic. Uh,
1: I, I don't think so. I think most of the things are, nah, I think, I think it's all been relatively fine. Um, yeah. <laughs>
2: No, I mean, like I don't like not not asking if you think you've crossed the line, but like, um, is there a line that could be crossed like could you have could you go too far with the gore, could you go too far with the the descriptions is there is there yeah. like a place where if if you went there, you would probably find yourself pulling back hypothetically,
1: yeah, I think so i again, I think it depends on the context I think um you know, I try and kind of make things kind of horror movie based I don't wanna it's not uh too much it's not too realistic if you know what i mean there are a lot of bands you know say like um in like some of the like the extreme brutal death metal genres who kind of go a a bit too far with the the realism for Mm me um i'm not a fan of you know it's a bit yeah i'm I mean that—that's what the the, those genres are. I mean, so fair enough. But yeah, it's not. That's not my kind of thing. I like to try and have things in a. Yeah, if it could be like a horror movie, that's what I want. You know, like a. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of kind of making things too realistic and making Mm -hmm. people, making people. uh, I guess being like say offensive or being, very very extreme, just to kind of, shock and stuff like that you know um especially nowadays maybe back back when like death metal and stuff was like first a thing you know uh it worked but i think that kind of thing is just kind of it's not it's not my favorite (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: well another kind of motive that we noticed along many of your songs uh is the reference to women or feminine figures either like within part of the song or kind of as a metaphor Uh, for instance, in the song From Hell, you open with, uh, I am the mutilator, I'll cut the bitch and watch her die. The affair of poisons begins with the child ripped from the room of the whore. Uh, beyond the coven- Covenant Walls has repeated lines, fornicator, a sacrilegious bitch with the serpent in her eyes. Uh, the song Blood Orgy of the She-Devils delivers the same refrain as the title. Uh, Specters of the Blood Moon Sabbath describes the coven bark, the matriarch anoints the staff of flight. Uh, and the hissing marshes focus on a seductress infernal as she twists into form. Then "Poison Womb" describes well, uh, of course, the title and also uh, the Black Majesty matriarch, uh, and you have song titles like uh, Necroslut on some of your earlier work, um, and then you also have two songs that explicitly reference a woman from history. Uh, as the song uh, Demdike is about one of the Pendle witches tried in England in 1612, and the song mm-hmm. um, Analisi describes Annalise, Annalise, uh, Annalise <laughs> Michel, a yeah. woman who underwent 67 uh, exorcisms. Uh, and additionally, there are six distinct songs your left to albums that reference wombs, eight, uh, eight, eleven instances in total. Um, and although, of course, wombs aren't like the exclusive possession of women, they often are collocated with women and used as sort of a metaphor for the feminine. So I guess, why do feminine figures and physical attributes appear so frequently as a theme throughout your lyrics?
1: Yeah, so I think... Um, quite a few of the the ones you mentioned there are based on uh, either uh like like you say, like true true events or whatever, or films in some form. Um so the Affair of the Poisons is based on the 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 historical French event of the same name. Um From Hell is based on uh, Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. Um um I can't remember what else there. Um Poison Room is is based on um the last uh, person to be imprisoned under the the Scottish witchcraft act for fraudulent claims um so a lot of it's kind of based on yeah actual events or actual people or inspired by films and yeah a lot of the the themes, yeah, are that I like to explore are like witchcraft and things. And so naturally, kind of female, the female like perspective or female, uh, uh, is referenced because of that, you know. Um, the witchcraft thing, I think, is, is something that interests me just because of, yeah, just in the past, you know, how people's, just how extreme things were, how people's beliefs could affect society in such a way and how people were uh, imprisoned and tortured and how people were treated just because of, um, you know, just because of yeah, people's beliefs and what they, people's uh, fears and things like that. I think that's kind of interesting to kind of explore. And you can also frame that in a horror context. I mean, it's a brutal theme in itself but you can also make it more theatrical, um, depending on how you do it. Um, so yeah, um, just that's basically it, for example, it, for, for that. It's not really a, I mean, it's a conscious decision, but it's not really a conscious decision to kind of go in that, to reference that kind of thing. It's just what, um, I think just kind of what work, what fits the music and it's a theme that works for the for the lyrics, I guess, and it's yeah just a coincidence that's yeah that.
0: <laughs> well, along similar lines, we kind of noticed that like though you're not certainly not the most uh, prolific swearer that we've had on the podcast, um, you do use some of the strongest swear words, like at least in terms of their offensive power. Um, And most of these swear words are typically directed towards women as well. So, for instance, like uh, in addition to eight instances of fuck, um, we found three instances of whore, six of bitch and three of cunt, two of which directly (laughs) refer to a sex organ. Um, So are you aware of this pattern? And what do you think the goal is of kind of uh, leaning towards swear words that are typically used against women?
1: Um, I think, again, it's uh, from the perspective of characters as well. Mm-hmm. you know um so depending on the song i can't remember which ones use it i know uh for example i know uh all hail the goat says cunt but that's just in mm-hmm. general that's uh that's mm-hmm. not directed towards a woman um i'm trying to remember where the lyrics appear but yeah uh, uh, so i think there's like a devil's way, cunt though.
2: somewhere
1: yeah 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 uh, f- i i can't even remember my own lyrics but yeah i know uh <laughs> Sometimes for the swearing, sometimes it's uh yes, yeah, usually yes yeah, from the perspective of a a character or you know, to get into the the kind of theme of the song, the, the kind of mindset. For example, the 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 affair of the poisons where the first line is um the, um, the child is ripped from the womb of the whore, you know, it's kind of what is what would be said at the time, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's nothing is meant to be offensive or against women Mm -hmm. in my, in my music whatsoever. It's just to kind of fit the, the themes, fit the, the characters, fit the whatever's, um, fit the song, I guess, fit the whatever's going on. And a lot of the times, you know, when fuck is said, for example, a lot of the time it's, it's a good way to, to get a word in there that fits the fits the, the uh fits the syllable count so, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah it can be a great um yeah just something to put in there to give it extra aggression or um or whatever like that um yeah <laughs> I mean, I like, just checked. Be- um, or, oh, sorry, uh, sorry. Go, no, go ahead, Josh.
0: I was just going to say, I just checked uh, the instances of cunt. If you're interested, um, so like, yeah, one um, that you mentioned. So one's from Savage Blasphemy. That's you know not necessarily like directly. It doesn't seem to be directed towards one, just because it's uh, crucify the pious cunts and and drink uh, drink the blood that's spilled. Yeah. Um, but they th- the one ref- referencing like sex organ was um, 666 serpents rise from the cunt of the beast, which is from Oh okay, yeah. womb. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, that was just. A line that came to me, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: As I do, like I say,
1: <laughs> just walking was, down uh, the street
2: whistling. And...
1: Yeah, that was uh, one of those instances where I had an idea for a chorus, and it was just kind of, yeah, that was one that I was like, "This is a," it seems a bit over the top. It's a bit I- extreme, but then I thought, yeah, it's uh, that's it's it's black metal. We can mm. we can do that. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah (laughs)
2: like i mean to be clear we're not coming at this from some kind of like moralistic perspective like james why why are there so many naughty words on your um on your music but like you know uh, the use of like cunt in in black metal and stuff like that is something you see uh the other the the references especially like female sexual organs uh entrails ripped from a virgin's cunt, for instance um I guess like just uh, not to put you on the spot and make you like, you know, explain the entire genre. Uh but why do you think like why do you think it's all that way? Why is there no references to, like Cox? <laughs> just to put it like um, I've got
1: I've got a few of those, you know, uh, priests getting uh <laughs> tortured and stuff like uh yeah, I don't know, but for I've got no idea, but for me, you know, I mean, I'm from Scotland and so first of all, cunt isn't really a a word that is yeah everyone says it Um, a linkage
2: between our um our cultures yeah yeah
1: (laughs) exactly so it's it's not as shocking to me like um you know yeah you'll just you'll call your friends cunts and stuff like that it's not really a shocking word to me so i guess i come at it from a different Mm. um perspective or different background than than a lot of other bands i don't know well, um, I think it's just
0: interesting because, like, cunt is used in the same way in Australia. Like, you call your mates cunt and stuff like that. That's yeah. very common. But um, what's kind of interesting is, though, like, it's I've never seen cunt in an Australian lyric.
2: Though. Oh yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, yeah. Except, well, oh, except for some uh, <laughs> some bands that you know uh, are maybe not worth. Uh,
0: well, what bands we yeah. wouldn't have on this podcast? Yeah, either, bands so wouldn't know, be on the podcast. Not worth yeah. <laughs> talking about. Yeah, true,
2: true. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just something that I think fits the lyrics. There's no, you know, there's no malicious intent on my, on my b- part. There's mm. no. I think it, yeah, like I say, it fits the characters or it fits the what like the 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 narrative or whatever of the song. Um, there's certainly no. I'm not trying to. <laughs> uh, You know, offend everyone or whatever. I'm not trying to do anything like that. It's just, yeah, I don't know.
2: Well, like one thing we also kind of saw in your lyrics is that while there is, you know, definitely some uh violence against women in in the portrayals, they kind of follow again like this it's nothing new in in death metal. Cannibal Corpse's fucked with a knife songs like that have been around for for decades. Um but yeah, well you do have uh figures in your songs that are the victim of violence and bloody ritual as in lines like uh virgins defiled as they beg for their life. In other times yeah. and and not unfrequently, uh the women that appear in your songs are the source of wor- uh, worship as in speak oh goddess of demise of secrets untold. Yeah. Vomit the Soul or Oh Bless Us Tonight, or even the request, Withered Hags, Sink Your Claws Into Me. Um, yeah. Was this combination of feminine figures being portrayed like on one song as powerless and another song as extremely or relatively powerful, um, like an intentional back
1: and forth? No. Uh, this is definitely some analysis here. Um, <laughs> no. It's, like I say, most of my things are basically just... Uh, it's not that deep. Um,
3: <laughs> um,
1: yeah, it again. It just d- depends on the theme of the song, you know. Sometimes it will be yeah, worshiping um, a goddess or or whatever, or you know, an all powerful witch or whatever. And you're worshiping. Other times, like I say, a lot of a lot of it is uh, based on historical stuff. So you know, you've got witch burning and uh, sacrifice and stuff like that. So those are like true events that happened, and uh, yeah, there's violence towards everyone, you know, in my music, it just depends on the theme. Um, um, yeah, it just depends on the theme of the song, really. Um, um, um yeah, it's not that deep, there's no uh, kind of uh, thought of uh, kind of going back and forth and stuff.
0: Well, just as you said that, I think it's uh, a good point in the interview now to ask you to prepare yourself for some extremely specific questions about your lyrical style <laughs>
1: okay here we go
0: moving forward um we wanted to talk about um how you str- kind of um struck this balance between various kind of straightforward monosyllabic lyrics like feel the steel pierce your flesh mm-hmm. taste the blade and those with kind of more multisyllabic words particularly words ending with shun as in s-i-o-n-t-i-o-n Um, So, e.g., I found humiliation, fascination, invocation, congregation, possession, obsession, deception, perception, divination, excretion, premonition, confession, ambition, perversion, perdition, temptation, hallucination, convulsion, salvation, damnation, creation, and cessation. Firstly, was this balance of more mono and bisyllabic uh, and multisyllabic intentional? And why do you think you've achieved it through the inclusion of a lot of shun words?
1: Again, a lot deep. It's not as deep as you can (laughs) I think literally whatever fits the music is what happens. Um, you know, for example, the feel the steel part, that's just the 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 guitar part just fits that, just the feel the steel, like it just goes with the guitar part, for example. So that works. Um, and the shun kind of lyrics, that's, I've never, again, it's funny hearing everything read out to you Do you realize how, uh, how much you do something or whatever um but yeah i think that's probably just because you can rhyme almost anything because they all end, <laughs> the same. It, they all end it in a similar way so i guess you can um yeah if you if i come up with a line that says obsession for example you know there's like then you can just rhyme loads of things with that um that's probably the reason i've never thought about it um and I think that is a thing in metal as well. I heard people complaining about the new one of the new Metallica singles because um, it, a lot of the words end with shun or something like that. And really? Like, oh, this is played out or whatever. And I'm like, it's metal, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've never thought about it, but yeah. <laughs> so you're the, actually the third band
2: we've talked to, I think, that self-defines as like, thrash in any way. And in every single one of them, we oh, found a lot of shuns, uh-huh. like, and and no one yeah. said like no one said like oh I'm doing it on purpose or anything. But like like it's every band that we've talked to that that is thrash has a lot of shun. Is is it like a do you feel like it's a thrash thing at all? Like in Metallica, right? That's a thrash band. Like like is yeah. shun a if you were to listening to a death metal album or like a pure just a straight up black metal album and there was shun everywhere, would you be like surprised?
1: Um, I've I've really never thought of it in general, so. It may be, it may be everywhere in black and death metal, for example. I've got no idea. Um, I've never thought about it. It was just when you said it there, I, I saw a comment on the Metallica mm. thing a few months ago, and I thought, okay, fair enough. Uh, I would have never noticed it myself, um, but yeah, it it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, it's it's lyrics, and more often, I mean, metal is not known for the most part for having like groundbreaking lyrics and stuff you know depending on the band most of most of the stuff that I listen to you know the old school stuff anyway it's kind of i think they share similar views to me that the the lyrics kind of fit the music and uh and yeah just whatever comes out <laughs> comes out i guess um but yeah it's interesting for sure um that everyone kind of follows these patterns. Maybe we got it from someone, you know, maybe bands in the past have used it loads, use these patterns loads, and it's just kind of subconsciously became the thing. I don't know.
0: Well, something that uh, I think, Andrew Hudson of Harlot mentioned um, was that having a lot of shun words uh, is not only useful for rhyming, which I believe all of the thrash bands that we've interviewed so far yeah. do do um, yeah. in their lyrics, um, but also that like they have a repeatable syllabic formula, um, mm-hmm. you know, so it's easier then if you have a really fast, like, you know, melody, then you can fit it yeah. to that quite easily. Does so that, yeah? you think, play yeah. into it?
1: Yeah, I would absolutely say so. Um, yeah. Again, most almost every lyric is because of the way that it has to fit in the music so yeah just because of the way you can rhyme them and yeah say them kind of yeah that 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 like that um yeah it i guess yeah those kind of words are very useful for fast music especially you know when you're playing at like 200 bpm um the lyrics are very fast it's very sometimes it's very kind of Yeah, like monosyllabic kind of pronunciation. Um, Yeah, it it could be that as well. Yeah.
2: Well, although the language across releases uh we think is kind of pretty consistent thematically, we did notice that on the latest release, uh, Warlock Scrim and Withered Hags, there's the sudden inclusion of a lot of archaic forms, uh including mm-hmm. lots of thou, thine, mine, dost, uh of modern English, you know, you, your, my, and do, respectively. Perhaps the clearest example of this is in the lyrics for I the Deceiver, which read, uh speak, yeah. O oh, witches three, why dost thou linger upon this heath? Uh, force thine knowledge and secrets, uh, arcane pawn, uh, so a pawn with a, a apostrophe, you sure. can know you, me, uh, which we believe are from Macbeth. Uh, and then yeah. there are the opening lines of Warlocks, Grim, and Withered Hags, which read, O Prince of Hell, I bow to thee before thine blackened throne. Uh, and then in addition to these more regular substitutions, there are occasional one-off archaicisms like betwixt in the abyssal gateway betwixt life and death. So yeah. what led you to develop this more archaic uh, language style in the latest album? And what effect do you think it creates for uh, the reader or for listeners?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, the, the main one, as you said, would be either the Deceiver, which is based on Macbeth. Um, so I kind of tried to, I guess, kind of use some kind of Shakespearean kind of language um not sure how successful it was or not but uh i thought it would be something different again um some of it are some of it is quotes you know from macbeth or um from the title track warlocks grim the some of it is um taken from address to the devil by robert burns so a lot of these are kind of based on um previous uh, texts i guess um and yeah I thought it would just add something different I thought it kind of would be something new um especially when written down it looks cooler as well <laughs> um, but yeah I thought yeah I thought it would just be cool to try some different things it kind of adds again to the music it kind of adds to the kind of um feel kind of yeah just kind of the feel of the music it it's Yeah, I don't know. It just felt like the right thing to do, I guess. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah.
2: Why do you think it looks cooler?
1: I don't know. Just I guess because it's like uh, less common, a bit more unfamiliar. I think when written down, it looks a bit like makes it makes you look smarter than you actually. are. (laughs) I
3: Um,
1: (laughs) um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just because it's different, I guess.
2: Is there a bit of a goal in metal to kind of like embrace or employ like that which is not familiar like rather than kind of the the day to day
1: um sometimes I think um it depends what you're referring to I guess like with themes and stuff like you mentioned before it's a lot more uh a lot of things are kind of like fantasy horror type mm-hmm. stuff, so I guess it's uh stuff like that um yeah i I don't know a lot of people's wanna to stick to the same thing. Um, especially within kind of the old school metal thing. So I guess I guess it really depends. It's fifty fifty, uh, depending on what you wanna achieve, what you wanna to listen to, what's in your mind, I guess.
0: Um how about if we're speaking purely linguistically?
1: Um I'm trying to think. I'm I'm no expert at I can't remember my own lyrics, never mind other bands <laughs> lyrics. So <laughs> um maybe <laughs> I, I couldn't even answer um well like, like yeah. just as a
2: thought experiment like if we were to um give you the recording of this interview and you had to make all the lyrics by just copy pasting phrases from this interview instead of from you know Macbeth or or older books do you think you could get something you'd be happy with
1: uh, okay yeah so yeah i guess in terms of like how things are like structured in in songs and stuff, I think sometimes like you know words are switched, you know, so uh, like words will be used before or, or or after other words that you would usually use in the opposite way in a normal conversation. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of fit songs and things like that. Um, some language, I guess, yeah, would be used in a song just because either it sounds cool or sounds evil or. Um, or whatever. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, definitely metal music is more, is, has lyrics that are, I guess, less familiar than like your kind of pop songs that are based on kind of realism or, or, or like modern, modern stuff or whatever. Um, yeah, I, th- I think in that context, yeah.
0: Well, another consistent element of your language style is your consistent use of the present tense. Um, so this <laughs> is somewhat surprising uh, because. Although many of your songs reference events that occurred definitely in the past, um, basically all of your lyrics are written as if they're happening in the here and now. Um, okay. So, just for an example, your song Annalise um, references, you know, Annalise Michelle's experience of the 67 exorcisms that we mentioned earlier. That was in 1975, 76, I believe, um, which is obviously an event very much in the past. Uh, but the lyrics read tearing, uh, tearing the crown of roses from the claws of the priest, delusional diagnosis, a victim in the hands of the beast, out from the fires of hell, six demons enter the physical world possessed by creatures below, decrepit, feeble, and hollow. Annalise, Michelle, yeah. A Bessel Where the demons, d- uh, demons Dwell. So this is very much kind of written as if it's happening in the here and now. So yeah. why do you think you tend to write from the present tense even when you're writing about the past? And what would be different if these songs were to be written in the past tense?
1: Um, yeah, I've never noticed that. But yeah, just thinking on it there, probably I think it's more effective if written as if it's happening now. It's a bit, especially in the the genre of like horror, dark lyrics. It's kind of I think it's more effective. It's a bit, you know, scarier if things are happening now rather than, oh, this happened 50 years ago or whatever. Or this happened however long ago, you know, like hundreds of years ago. Um I think it's um just the style to write it as if yeah, either like first person or if like uh as if you're present at the event or as if it's happening to you or or something like that, I think it has more of an effect rather than, you know, just kind of describing something that happened randomly however long ago. Um, yeah, it's not, that's, again, that's not really a conscious decision, I don't think. I think it's just the way, maybe just the way I write. Um, um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know how it would be different if I wrote it as if it was in the past. Maybe yeah, it would kind of um... I think maybe you would have less um, opportunity to kind of describe, you know, kind of um, I don't know, like emotions or how you're feeling at the moment. It's kind of, you've got to kind of this happened and then this happened. It's a bit, I I think you can get more description. I think you can get more Mm -hmm. um, immersion, I guess, if you write it as if it was in the present, I guess. Um, Maybe. um, Yeah. (laughs)
2: You've talked a lot about like, making the lyrics fit to the music which of course you know is very very kind of uh, a bit vague and 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 very personal like what 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 someone feels fits you know is going to depend but do you think that like the present tense fits like the speed of what you're doing like more than the past would i guess like maybe like the past is old and slow uh, like the now is like you know yeah. happening is there like am i just reaching for <laughs> something that's yes. not here there or does that like when you talk about for you what it means to fit the music does like the present tense fit the speed of what you're doing with, with the specific kind of thrash
1: speed metal combination? Uh, Again, it's way deeper than, uh, (laughs) (laughs) than I've ever thought in my life. Um, But yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe, I mean, I I can't think, but maybe the words like needed to be used for past tense would be, wouldn't fit as well or something. I don't know. Um, Yeah. I haven't really given it much thought, but it's not really a, um, when I say it has to fit the music, it's mostly if it sounds good um that's basically the the ma- the main criteria for me is if the lyrics like kind of sound good within the song um so I've never given it much thought maybe after this uh when I'm writing it for the next album, I'm gonna be like in my own head like uh okay, I remember this was uh this was suggested, and then this could be the cause of <laughs> yeah maybe maybe we'll see a big difference or something in the 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 new lyrics for things. Um, oh no. <laughs> um,
2: no, we're, we're just, we're just observing. We're not supposed to be, uh, I don't know. Really it's, cool. it. it's cool.
1: It's cool. <laughs> nah, it's cool hearing this, like, just because, yeah, like I say, it's like, yeah, way more deep than I've ever thought about anything. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's cool hearing like uh, other people's perspective and when it's actually thought about. and. <laughs> like well,
2: just like, like, all right. So just, um, Humor me for a sec. Just a quick thought experiment, right? Just completely reactionary, like instinctual, off the cuff. Uh, you have the lyric right that we had earlier: um, "Withered hags sink your claws into me." Right? What if that was "Withered uh, withered hags sank their claws into me"? Do you think that would affect how it feels or how it matches your music?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think if you're saying your, it's yeah, a lot more. Oh no, yeah, sorry. Partic- I'm like
2: uh, going from sink to sank.
1: Oh, sank. Um, yeah, sank
2: their claws into me.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, definitely gives off a different kind of vibe. Like, yeah, again, if you're saying sync, it kind of means, yeah, it's happening now. You're kind of, I don't know, like letting it happen now. You're, or you're telling them to do it. Um, yeah, if you say sank, it, yeah, it loses its kind of effect. It's, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it does lose the effect a little bit or or the, or the aggression or something. Yeah, it's definitely different, I think. Um and I think, yeah, I think this the the present tense does fit better, does um work better. Well, to my ear anyway, and to my mind.
0: Hmm. Well, one slight difference that we observed across your lyrics for the three albums is that the first album presents a pretty strong preference for the first-person perspective uh, with about okay. 22 eyes, 16 we's. Um, okay. And then your use of pronouns drops off significantly on the second album with only six eyes and three we's, uh, but then okay. it goes back up uh, to 16 eyes and four we's on your latest release. So, firstly, why do you think there were these kind of shifts in your uptake and rejection of the, like, first-person perspective?
1: Um, i think it probably depends on the themes or the or the actual um song topics um for the first one it was kind of more um the second one was kind of based a lot on like historical events and stuff and so i was probably referring to you know other people um
3: mm-hmm.
1: um like from other people's ex- uh, perspectives um Whereas, yeah, on the new album, it's kind of a lot of is kind of taking the perspective of those people. So like saying I, as if I was in, in the story myself, whereas, yeah, the other ones would, the, the second one was probably me saying this happened. They did this. Um, Again, not not a conscious decision, maybe just the way I was writing at the time, maybe just the way that I was, maybe the lyrics I was reading or like from other bands, you know, maybe the lyrics that I was uh influenced by, at the time, were written in a certain way or something. But I do always, I notice I try, I use, like, I um, quite a lot and stuff. But, yeah, maybe it dropped down just because of that. Um, yeah. Again, not a conscious decision, but, <sighs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's cool to hear that, <laughs> yeah, that things things have changed throughout the albums you know it's not all the same
2: Well, um, following on to this, like even if uh, there are instances where there is more uh, I and we, there are still times where it's not like heavily used, and there are lots of songs with almost no pronoun- pronouns in them. So, for instance, "Poison Womb" begins with the lines: uh, "Lament the dearly departed, bleed for the gods. The shadow of damnation's horns threatens the madness behind the veil. Lick the life from the wounds one by one. Light the flame for the right has begun. A theater of phantoms where devilry shall be revealed. Speak, O goddess of demise, of secrets untold. Vomit the soul. O bless." us tonight so only uh the us perspective is introduced at the very very end um even if it's not intentional right even if it wasn't like if it was just kind of happened uh what do you feel is kind of the effect of writing in this way that typically reduces the visibility of the first person until later and how does it differ from when you write a song that starts with and and kind of keeps that eye perspective throughout
1: yeah i mean yeah i've literally have no idea man Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There's no. It's just the way I, I wrote the song. It's just not, there's not much thought goes into it into, in in that kind of way. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm just trying to read the lyrics here for myself because, yeah, like I say, I'm, I struggle to remember, especially off the top of my head. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just whatever fits the song. I've not really put. Po- thought into it um so i couldn't i couldn't tell you what the what my thinking was there um <laughs> it was yeah it, it sounded good and then i probably needed something to to fit the song i don't know
2: <laughs> okay fair enough yeah it's all right.
0: i mean do you think anything would change if you used like i to a level that you might deem excessive you know, like if if like every second line had an eye in it, which is certainly you know not what we saw in your lyrics. Like, do you think that like the tone of those lyrics would be different?
1: Yeah, I think I think so. Um, I do try not to repeat myself too much, unless it's kind of like a like a stylistic choice. You know, like if each line like was like I do this, I do this, I do this, like like a stylistic kind of choice. I do try and not repeat myself too much um, though it does happen but um yeah um I think maybe sometimes it would with anything, with any kind of repetition, it can work in its favour or work against it just, you know, it can either become boring or tedious or whatever or it can kind of enhance things just by the way it's structured, I think um, yeah it really depends again i think each song or each piece of writing or whatever is depends on how it's used it depends on the context depends on the uh the final result depends on the the amount you know the amount of lines and things like that i think yeah it really depends on a case by case basis i think
2: hmm have you ever, you know, while editing your lyrics, have you ever changed perspective? Like, uh, for instance, you know, when discussing an act of violence, have you ever been like, oh, it, maybe it started with I, and then you're like, oh, maybe actually I don't want to say that I did this, even though, you know, it's obviously not you in the song.
1: Yeah, uh, possibly. There is a lot of changes that happen with the lyrics. Um, so if it was in that case, it would probably be because the overall perspective has changed or something, mm-hmm. or something later on has Came in and I said, "Okay, this part can't be like this. This is first person. The rest of the song isn't like mm-hmm. or whatever." Mm-hmm. Um, um. So yeah, I think pr- maybe um, I do change a lot of lyrics depending on you know as as more as I go through the lyrics and maybe I use words in different contexts. I want to or repeat the same words. I try and um like change the word like i'll try and use less repetition or i'll find something else that fits or something like that so there are changes that get made but none that i can remember explicitly for changing like the perspective um deliberately um for whatever reason
2: but but there is a conscious effort to have kind of a consistent perspective uh like you, you don't just um pop the lyrics out and say all right that's enough like it's fine like you you do go back and review them and try to like make them all kind of work yeah. as a, a consistent whole
1: oh yeah yeah like i i do take the lyrics seriously uh, <laughs> like uh uh no matter what i might have said or whatever i impression i may be giving off i do <laughs> i do try and make them the best they can be um and i do try and do some different things i do try and make them fit well i do try and make them read well sound good, use like words that fit in things. I do take it seriously in that respect. You know, I want everything to be um as as good as they possibly can be. Um but um yeah um the that's about it. There's not really a conscious decision to go in a certain perspective. It's just it's I try and make everything sound uh sound good no matter what. Um it's not really a perspective thing. Um just as long as everything fits the song, as everything flows well, as long as the lyrics make sort of sense, I guess, um <laughs> um, you know, and they fit the song, that's kind of what's important to me. Because like I say, yeah, it's music first, but the lyrics I do think are an uh an important part of it, especially, you know, um uh, when it gets to for example like you know a chorus or something I think a song or even verses but chorus for an ex- as an example because it's uh the main part of the song the main sing along part if you will like uh mm-hmm. I think the language used or the words used um or phrases or whatever are important you know for people to sing along with you know if you're sometimes I like to like you know, sometimes it's overcomplicated. But for a, for a lot of like choruses and stuff, you know, for "All Hail the Goat," it's very simple. You can sing along, you can chant along. It's very kind of basic, you know. Um, whereas if you have choruses where it's a bit overcomplicated, there are loads of words, which I do sometimes. But um, it's it's harder to sing along. It makes sometimes it makes the song less catchy. You know, people identify with certain. Uh, phrases or certain or the way that things are said or something like that so, so so that does play a big uh part in in how i construct some lyrics as well you know you've i think for the most part not every song and but you, i try to have a catchy relatively simple chorus or a relatively um sing-along part or whatever you know um if that makes mm-hmm. sense
3: yeah.
2: Is is that desire for a catchiness and like the fans to kind of know your lyrics and maybe even sing them like live? Is that do you think that's a um a consequence of genre? Like, you know, when you think of say brutal death metal or technical death metal, even classic yeah. black metal, like catchiness is not, you know, uh, like yeah. if you like metal, it's catchy, but like it's it's not supposed to be about catchiness, right? It's supposed to be about being yeah. dark and grim. Uh but like in thrash, like there, it seems to be a bit more of that. Is is do you think that's like a genre thing or or is that or am I overthinking?
1: Yeah, I think, I think anywhere where there's a, I mean, yeah, thrash is anywhere where it's kind of a bit more melodic or a bit, you know, with like brutal death metal and stuff, it's kind of, but yeah, like you say, the brutality first and things, but with a lot of speed metal and thrash and stuff, the best, the best stuff I find is focused on the song or something or or something like that. So it's like, uh, yeah, it does. The catchiness is very important to me for example I like I mean I love all music like pop music like the Beatles and the Doors I love all kinds of music the, on this album for example there was so much uh, non-metal or kind of outside influences I guess on the on the music and I guess I listen to so much of that that I try and I think of songs kind of in that perspective, you know, like I'll be listening to, I don't know, the Beatles or the manic street preachers or something or, or whatever, and I'll think How can I do that in a context that's in a speed metal context, that how can I, but you know, and that's sometimes a fun challenge, you know, just trying to, you know, you'll hear something cool in a, in a Beatles song or Elvis or something. And you think, okay, that's cool how he's done that. Um How can I put that in a, 200 beats per minute, black metal, screaming context, you know? So it's sometimes a fun challenge, but it's, yeah, for songwriting, I do focus on, I want a catchy song. I want a song that you can kind of, that you'll recognize that, yeah, a lot of times each song is different, of course, but like for the most part, it's, if you can kind of sing along with it, both in terms of the, the riffs, like if you remember the music, if you remember the riffs, and if you remember the chorus, for example, so yeah, I try and yeah, keep everything as catchy as possible and that can that also goes down to like the structure of songs as well, you know, um however many repetitions you have of the chorus, where the chorus comes in, if there's a bridge, how you know just like all that random stuff, I think just trying to make a good song memorable song is the most imp- important part to me.
0: Well, we said earlier that we'd uh, put a pin in the discussion of uh, the Scottish themes in your current album, Um, and so we're going to do that now. Um, Uh, We'll take it out. Yeah, we'll take it out. (laughs) Sorry. yeah, obviously, then, uh, Warlock's Grim and Withered Hags, um, does have a kind of distinctly Scottish theming, uh, which is present from the very first song. So the Duck Levy, um, which, uh, describes a creature by the same name, uh, that's originally based in the Northern Isles, which is a demon with both human and equine features. And then following on, Warlock's Grim and Withered Hags is based on Shakespeare's, um, you know, Macbeth that we, um, kind of mentioned, uh, and, you know, Macbeth is, you know, once king of Scotland. Uh, and the music for this song, I believe, also features bagpipes. Um, and the next song, Goat Vomit Nightmare, describes an ancient a Scottish ritual of uh, him, um, which involves performing an animal sacrifice uh, in exchange for divination. Then Cursed Carry-on Crown references um, Sawney Bean, a Scottish clan leader in the 16th century who um, already cannibalised like a 1,000 people. Um yeah. Then the hissing marshes is based on things like uh the Kelpies and uh the Balbin Sith. Sorry about my pronunciation, um, which are kinds yeah. of shape- shifting creatures. sheet.
3: Yeah.
0: okay, thank you. Yeah. Um yeah, which are kinds of shapeshifting creatures that seduce people and drag them underwater. Um and then finally, Mester Storworm um is a song which, um, like the first um, on the album, um, which describes a creature of the same name uh, originating in the Northern Isles uh, folklore and and which is described as a giant evil sea serpent. Um so in discussing these kind of folkloric references and stories uh in other interviews, you've said that you were drawn to these themes um after moving away from the city a few years ago and being surrounded by the landscapes of the Highlands. So can you tell us more about this kind of connection between your exploration of Scottish folklore and history and your connection to the Highlands?
1: Yeah, so I lived in Aberdeen for like the city of Aberdeen, like kind of like in the like the main city um or uh, for However long, uh twenty three years, something like that. I can't remember. Uh 23 years. So I was kind of always, you know, surrounded by grey granite and just cars and you know, just a just a city and like a grey city. Um so I've I've always been one that I've never thought that environment really influences me at all. I've never really been influenced by my environment or really or that's never had an effect on my music. However, I moved up to the highlands um, in, I think 2019, maybe. Yeah. 2019. And yeah, it, it's very different. You know, it's just mountains and the the landscapes, it's just mountains and locks and, and stuff like that everywhere. And it's, you know, it's just more nature um, in general. And it kind of, got me thinking, you know, um, kind of got me inspired by this this kind of Scottish element. And I thought maybe, maybe there's some way I could explore the Scottish element um, with Hellripper. Um, and so I started looking into some, you know, folklore and some historical events that I had either heard of, you know, kind of briefly or learned a little bit about in school or or whatever. Um, and after, and I thought maybe I'd have one or two songs, you know, based on Scottish folklore. I've already done that in a, on previous releases with "Vampire's Grave" and
3: mm-hmm. "Black
1: Hearts and Alchemy." Um, so I thought maybe I'll get some more, some more of these kind of Scottish-based songs. But yeah, after looking into it and reading a lot, and I I discovered there was so much stuff, like so much things that could be explored, and so much. Uh, things that I could use for Hellripper, you know, so much dark, the darker side of things. You know, I'm not gonna speak about like you know, like William Wallace and stuff. It's that it doesn't fit like Hellripper, mm-hmm. like kind of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I wanted the more kind of yeah, the witchcraft or uh, devil type stuff. You know, the and uh, yeah, after reading, I thought, well, there's so much to explore that I thought it would be cool to have a like a a concept, I guess, for the album. So the album, it doesn't share a story, but every song is connected through being based on Scotland in some form. Like you just mentioned there, whether it be from uh, creatures like the Knuckle of E or the Macbeth or uh, Sonny Bean or whatever. um, I thought it'd be cool. Again, something a bit different. I wanted to explore, you know, the music was kind of taking a different turn. I was being more influenced by different things. I was kind of trying some new things. Uh and I thought maybe the lyrics could reflect that. So if I have a different kind of topic, but still in the still that fits Hellripper. So like I said, it's still evil and spirits and witchcraft and all of that kind of stuff. I thought it would kind of fit, give me something a bit different, make it a bit more interesting for myself as well, you know, um, inspire me a bit more um and yeah it was really fun uh, kind of doing that exploring something that isn't um uh, isn't too common other than outside of a few you know songs or a few bands um especially in the black speed genre there's not a lot of scottish themed stuff so i thought it would be cool to just try something different i guess
0: well, interestingly, we've spoken to several lyricists, some quite recently, uh based in New Zealand and Australia, who have similar experiences, drawing lyrical inspiration from like physical landscapes and like natural environments that surround them. Um yeah. and often this is in the context of kind of expressing like some kind of reverence for nature or a desire to protect it. Um and so we wanted to ask your opinion. Like, why do you think that metal, like a genre that, you know, others often view as being kind of focused on death and destruction, ends up being quite focused or transfixed on kind of the beauty of nature and like the concern for its preservation and its connection to you know stories and folklore and all of these kinds of yeah.
1: things yeah I, I to be honest i don't know but yeah it's i mean i think i don't know when it started but i know a lot of you know black metal it's come from like a lot of norwegian and then it's kind of went to um mm. a lot of the icelandic bands i know a lot of the english bands do you know like kind of the more atmospheric stuff based on uh, the nature and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know where it started, mate, probably Norway. Maybe it was done before that. Um in Thrash or something. I'm I'm not too sure. I don't know the origins of the kind of theme. But yeah, I've got no idea. I think yeah, I've got no idea to be honest with you. Um it's just yeah it's it's kind of a funny uh yeah it's <laughs> I don't know. Um <laughs> yeah for me yeah for me I just think the the nature like nature and uh all of that you know it comes you get all the folk tales from it and you get all mm. the, the interesting legends and mythology and uh and stuff like that i think so that's interesting to me about it, and I think it's great um but yeah i think yeah I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure in general.
0: Mm, well, Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, moving kind of back to language choice, um, we noticed addition to references to Scottish folklore and history, your lyrics also feature uh, forms of Scottish or um, Scottish English, Scottish uh, variety of English. Uh, for instance, you have, and again, apologies if I, I mispronounce these, but um, Mither for mother. Uh, Mither, kir- yeah. Mither, Mither. Uh, Kirkyard for churchyard. Mm. Um, Bray, a steep bank or hillside uh widershins for anti-clockwise uh boggle for a a scottish ghost and um sorry did i did i butcher that one
3: no no Oh yeah
2: bogle. okay okay i i know that because i'm a nerd (laughs) (laughs) there are magic cards um Uh, so uh, then also there are many uses of, uh, apostrophe O in place of of, as in devil o the sea and end of days, which could be archaic as mentioned earlier, but we also, uh, felt were references to Scottish pronunciation at times. Mm. Um, why did you include a few forms of Scottish English and like, what effect do you think they have on the overall feel of these songs? Especially, um, you know, traditionally metal, uh, has had kind of a, uh, English from nowhere sort of, you know, like, uh. The the genre international has been English, yeah, yeah. <laughs> international English, which, of course, tends toward point, to look yeah. like American. Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, but there has been, you know, there's more and more metal being made around the world. Uh, there's, you know, bands like Alien Weaponry singing in, um, you know, Aboriginal Zealand la- languages. languages. Uh, you got bands like athonic singing in Taiwanese. Do you view yourself as part of this kind of uh, like, is there a desire to in- internationalize and metal and represent like your variety of, of language in the music that you make? On a global stage,
1: um, a little bit. Um, again, a lot of the language used there, like the Scottish language, for example, the Mither of the sea mm-hmm. and like stuff like that, uh, is based on like what things are actually called. You know, like the the middle of the sea and um, using O. Yeah, like I say, it can be it can be a reference to like old language, or it can be that's how we would pronounce or how I would pronounce a lot of words. You know, just O instead of of. Um, so it's yeah correct in terms of that both a reference to kind of both um but yeah I think I use the words mainly in the context I think it's important for the uh, in context you know um it's similar with why I use the bagpipes in one of the tracks it's uh it depends on on the context it would make I feel like it would it wouldn't make a lot of sense for me to kind of use full Scottish language or full Scottish like pronunciations like for no reason. Um just why I I didn't use the bagpipes for no reason. Like I I wanted to use them in a song that tied with the lyrical themes, like tied with the so the bagpipes work because it's a Scottish song, like a Scottish based song lyrically. Um and I use the words or pronunciations or whatever because the the tracks are Scottish and because the 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 creatures referred to are called whatever they're called like with scottish names and Mm -hmm. uh, things like that so i think it it depends on the context um there there have been a few people saying like they've learned like some stuff you know from from the album like whether it just be like some scottish words or whether it be like about um like the knuckle of v for example like they have never heard that and they think it's cool or whatever so it's cool to to get some of these Scottish uh, things out there to people um, that have never heard of them before and things like that. But it wasn't, a, it wasn't like the main aim of mine. Again, the main aim was mm-hmm. just to kind of fit the music, kind of get everything. um, Yeah. Just kind of make the best songs possible and do something a little bit interesting and different to what I usually do. And yeah, it, it's cool that people are telling me, you know, like, oh, I never heard of, um, yeah, the stewart worm or whatever. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool to hear people say like, they've actually, I guess, like, learned something from, <laughs> from my, uh, from my, uh, just my, my screaming, my, my rambling and my screaming. It's cool to hear people that can actually learn something. <laughs>
2: Have you ever right. considered writing a full song in in Scots or Scottish Gaelic?
1: Um, I don't speak Gaelic, so I think it would be a bit uh kind of disingenuous. I think it would be a bit, you know, try that'd that be a bit maybe going too far trying to like pretend I'm something I'm not or something, you know. <laughs> uh, um and sometimes, I don't know, sometimes the Scottish words, it's why everyone, like Scottish singers and stuff sing like with an American accent or whatever, because I think we've just been trained to hear things sound a bit different. Yeah. Uh, like don't fit properly, you know? Um, so, so, I mean, there are people that sing in their Scottish accent and they're great, uh, you know, obviously they're great, but in general, I mean, um, I think we've been kind of conditioned to, hear the English or American kind of uh, accent as the the standard. So even for me, you know, so it would be kind of difficult for me to, I think, write and sing in Scottish, uh, just because of the way I've been, like, all the music I like and everything I'm influenced by is is, uh, sounds the way it does. Um, but I'm not ruling it out. Um, I, because even, you know, just being like dealing, like me in general, for example, now, my, I, I don't think my accent's too strong at the moment. Um, whereas, you know, like if I'm speaking with my family or something, my accent is a lot stronger. I'll use words that I don't, that I would never use, like to, uh, non Scottish people just because it's, um because obviously you wouldn't understand like uh like the the slang and stuff and just because of the nature of what i do you know i'm i i'm a musician i deal with people from all over the world you know i've got to make sure they can understand me when i speak and i need to um you know so i kind of tone down my accent and try and and i tone down the 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 slang and the and the scottishness Mm. so that can actually understand me um so i think yeah um we i mean we'll see i'll never say never to doing anything in a song really but um as long as it fits as long as it's not you know doing something for the sake of it you know i don't want to just be like oh this is scottish just to just to try and get, like impress people or something or whatever you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. like, uh, it's got to, it's got to fit the song. It's got to be good. And uh, anything other than that is like a kind of, uh, like a, a a bonus, you know. Um. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I was going to ask just like, you know, cause you're saying that like, a lot of the Scottish words that you've included, like you've included because like they represent the name of a thing, you know, mm. like um, you said, rec- you mentioned the stool work. Okay, so that's, that's its name. Um, what about in, like, in, in terms of other words like "bray" and "kirkyard"? Like in the lyric, like if you want a specific example, "warlocks in the kirkyards conspire with death" or "eyes on the bray" sing guides this way." Um, yeah, like why particularly like those words?
1: Yeah, so "kirkyards" that I believe, um, if that's from um, the "war uh, warlocks," the title track,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: that is again that is a word used in the poem as well. Oh, so. Okay. Um, if I remember correctly um, so that's why that's used although yeah I would say that and it's not too um, you know it's not too out there I think you can mm-hmm. still kind of I think you can still kind of guess that it's a a churchyard like um, but yeah Bray I guess yeah I don't know that. yeah that's kind of an outlier I thought it was just the first lyric that came to my head mm-hmm. and I thought um. So yeah, I just used that just because yeah it came to my head and it fit what I was doing um, and I never really put too much thought into it other than that. So that is one yeah one instance of something I used kind of um, a Scottish word just for the for the context of the track and no quotations or no um, previous use of the word or whatever. Um, yeah, it, again, it was just something that I kind of it felt right to. See, I guess <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah,
2: so I mean are are you pushing back against like the dominance of I guess, like American English style lyrics and metal at all intentionally, or or even if it wasn't intentional when you look at your lyrics now for this latest album, like is part of you kinda happy to see parts of your variety represented
1: um in the genre explicitly, um not really, it's not uh, I'm not really. You know, I'd, I'm not really trying to push against any like language being used. I'm. It was just the way that the songs came out hmm. and the way that I was writing at the time. I guess. I mean, um, it doesn't really matter to me um, what how the how the songs are written. It's just how I was writing them. I guess at the time. But yeah, it is cool. I guess to see people um, seeing Scottish words or seeing yeah seeing Scottish related things in metal I guess I mean there are other bands doing it um of course but I think it was cool to kind of do that but yeah I'm not um I'm not saying I'm never gonna you know I'll, I'm never gonna sing in like normal like regular English or whatever you know I'll, I'll probably I'll be doing that again of course um it's just a stylistic choice I guess for some of the tracks and just the way that some of the tracks came out they just sounded better with that style to me or better with certain words to me or whatever. So it's not really a a conscious decision to uh, like go against anything really.
2: So just to make sure I'm getting this right, like, so there was, there was no intent to put it out there and like, you're not like, Oh yeah, I'm glad it's out like Scottish is out there on stage. But when fans are engaging with the Scottish lyrics, you do find that to be a source of satisfaction.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I mean, my, like, I think I'm a musician first of all, like, most mm-hmm. of all. So, my main, my only goal really is to make a good song that people enjoy. But then, yeah, when people learn something or, or whatever from a track that I write, yeah, of course, it's really cool to hear that I've, you know, inspired something or I've, Said, t- taught them something they didn't know, you know, like not in deep, like not in detail or anything, but like, you know, just people may, may take an interest in learning about this stuff. Um, just based on a song or whatever. So it's cool in that way. But yeah, my, my, my only goal really is to make a good song and anything that come, comes with that is just, yeah, is a bonus, I guess.
0: Well, another pattern we looked at was your use of rhyme and alliteration uh, because you don't use either constantly, uh, but both appear on every album. Um, So, for instance, we can see rhymes like uh, we summon forth our master, our saviour baptise us in the name of the goat. We bring you the newborn, uh, the sweet simple blood, and we drink the life straight from its throat and insidious lascivious they spurn the words of christ the mass of the nefarious upon this bloody night iniquitous ubiquitous spread evil like disease haggard and cadaverous uh, but then also you have rhymes like a uh, spellbound willing the grotesque divine the grip of the devil the abyssal gateway betwixt life and death beckons the vessel uh the hands feeble grasp in ecstasy ravaged coiled in serpents, the pale kiss enchanting; the spell adrift, the water's lament. Um, So then we see kind of like alliteration, particularly in song titles like Conduit Closing uh, and The Curse Carrying Crown. Um, So what appeals to you about this use of rhyme and alliteration like independently and in combination? um, And how do you decide, you know, when to include it and when to, you know, leave it aside?
1: Yeah, I think, especially with the alliteration for like song titles and things, um, I think it's cool. I think it rolls off the tongue like really well, you know, just... The cursed carrying crown it kind of sounds um I think it just sounds cool mainly um <laughs> that's the, the mostly everything I do is either because it sounds cool or whatever so yeah it's the same with the the rhyming in that way it's um if it fits the song and it's just the way my vocal style is um especially with like the 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 what was it insidious lascivious, I can't remember the, mm-hmm. the, yeah insidious, the yes. yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh from hexnat, I think, yeah, it's um just the way you say those words, it kind of allow it the way you can say those words like the ones that the the way that I say it on the on the song it it's it, it's like a cool it's hard to describe, it's just uh the way that i I'm able to say certain words and the way that certain words and certain rhymes fit with the music. Again, everything comes down to just fitting with the music mm-hmm. and sounding cool in the context. So um again, like with alliteration stuff, that can sound really cool in the the context depending on how the depending on the alliteration, you know, if it's like two, if it's S's or if it's C's or something like that, it can sound cool. Um I think that's the two most common ones I use.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, um yeah, they just roll off the tongue really, uh, really well, I think, especially the alliteration. Um And like I say, it's always good to have a catchy title or, you know, catchy chorus, catchy lyrics. And I think they just kind of add to that. They add to the memorability um of the track. They add to the the catchiness. They add to the. Yeah, it's just yeah, again, it just depends on context for me, really, Um, the way that it's said and stuff.
2: Well, I guess to kind of, you know, take all this and bring it together, uh, to finish up, speaking broadly, what would you say is the role of lyrics ultimately in Hellripper's music? And what about um, in extreme metal more broadly?
1: Um, for Hellripper, and I think I think in extreme metal more broadly as well, I mean, I don't want to generalize, but I think lyrics often play, I, again, I don't like saying secondary, but I feel like they often complement the music. Um I think yeah, I think they're more often than not they're used to complement the music more than the music is made to complement them, um, because for the most part, you know, the lyrics are not in Hellripper's case and in a lot of you know like bands in a similar style to me, a lot the lyrics are never are not personal, you know, they're, they're not personal, they're not political, they're not, um, you know, I'm not trying to get a a belief across or an agenda or anything so they're secondary to the to the music um of course there are bands that focus on lyrics first and and politics and stuff like that but in general i think in extreme metal it's the the vocals and lyrics are kind of used as a as a, as an additional instrument to kind of just go along with the with the with the music um so I do I do I do think it's great when there are lyrics that are well written. You know, some bands write amazing lyrics and um people are like lyricists can tell great stories and like they're genius, for example. Like for um Danny Filth, I think from Creole Filth, an mm-hmm. amazing lyricist. Uh Trevor from Black Dahlia was an amazing lyricist. Um mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, just two off the top of my head. I mean, um both are very good storytellers um they use uh both big influences on me as well you know like the the language they use they use you know uh words like uh like uncommon words and and stuff like that like just really good at what they do um so i think it really depends on yeah really de- again it really depends on the band the style um but yeah for me the lyrics complement the the music and fit with the music. Um and I would say for the most part that's kind of what it's like in extreme metal as well. Though yeah. It always helps, you know, when you've got uh, like the two the two guys I just mentioned there, you know, they're separate um they're they're vocalists and lyricists. And then they have like the bands that do the music. So like the lyricist and the lyrics and the vocals are kind of their their um, stamp on the music as well, so it's always great when you've got someone like that, you know, um, who's able to, you know, treat the lyrics like it's their instrument, it's their, like, songwriting mm-hmm. tool. I mean, I don't know if that, if I'm sounding uh, weird that makes like, total sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, first, for me, yeah, like, like I keep saying, like, the music is my thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not the best, I wouldn't say I'm the best lyricist, I wouldn't say uh, I'm the best storyteller, or anything you know. So uh, the lyrics kind of aren't as natural to me as the music would be, if that makes sense. um Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, like, like not, not to, you know, uh, complete thought experiment. You can just answer even just yes or no. But say you were in a like a band band that had like a full lineup, and you were just doing vocals. Do you think that would like drastically change how you approach?
1: Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Hmm. I think so, because it would give you, it would give me kind of more, more, like, I wouldn't need to focus, if someone else was writing the music, you know, mm-hmm. I would yeah. kind of, I would develop the craft of lyric writing, and I would, you know, focus all my energy on, like, solely lyrics, you know, um, solely writing and solely coming up with stories and stuff like that. I mean, I don't want to diminish and say that my lyrics are awful. And no, I no, 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 no,
2: mm-hmm. no, implication there
1: either. So um, yeah. No. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, if it's, I think it's just in general, if you only have one thing to focus on, like, all your energy on, I think will mm-hmm. probably develop, you'll probably uh, develop your skills more if you're just focusing mm-hmm. on, you know, the one thing. Um, whereas, yeah, the music is the one thing that I really want to focus on. So, like, you know, writing songs and stuff is what I really want to focus on. And the lyrics, I do put a great deal of effort into them but i um don't feel like i don't think they're um yeah again i don't I, I hate saying secondary but they come they're secondary to the music for me i feel like in extreme metal in general the music is more what people recognize as what people listen to rather than the lyrics i think in general
2: sure and i mean yeah some of the, bands, like, oh sorry okay, just, now you got it no. Oh, uh, just like yeah, there are metal bands with no vocals, but I don't know any metal bands with no um
1: instruments. Yeah, for example, yeah, for for me, I'm not a big fan of instrumental music. Um I always like I always love it when there's vocals. Um however, yeah, the lyrics c- kind of come secondary to the vocals as well. You know what? Um I think a good pattern, a catchy vocal. Um comes first and then for me the lyrics like will come after that so as long as it's catchy as long as it sounds good the lyrics will come after that so um but yeah i um but i am a fan you know i am a fan of great lyrics i'm a fa- i'm a fan of like i mentioned like say trevor or whatever i'm a massive fan of what they write um it's just not what i focus on myself because i'm more music um, a musically minded person i guess the lyrics i guess was kind of a necessity because it's a one-man band you know so even vocals itself was kind of a necessity um because it's a one-man band so i only started doing vocals because no one else was there
0: Well,
3: but it's interesting you
1: say that, though,
0: you know, because, like, on the other hand, like, whilst, like, you know, what you're saying is entirely consistent with what we've heard many times of, like, you know, people in metal saying that, like, you know, the music is, you know, primary and then the lyrics are secondary and, you know, in whatever sense you kind of choose to read that. Um, but on the other hand, if we actually look at, like, what people are actually writing, like, in terms of their actual lyrical content, we're seeing an enormous amount of research. We're seeing, like, language that's certainly yeah. different from the everyday that evidences like, wide reading, like, even scholarship in some instances. Yeah. And uh, otherwise, like, you know, are certainly not what we would say are like kind of simple lyrics like if if you can even kind of define what simple lyrics are um on the other hand i think it'd be much easier to classify the majority of lyrics that we've seen not just on this podcast but just out in the world as being like highly complex highly sophisticated so um i guess what i'm, I'm kind of like asking about and like kind of commenting on here is this kind of disconnect or like um you know, dichotomy between people in metal often saying that the lyrics are secondary to like the music, but in practice actually putting an enormous amount of effort into the lyrical content. So like, yeah. why do you think that is?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like I say, I think I I just want everything to be the best it can be. And so writing like really good lyrics is a part of that. Um it's just I think it's for example, like having great lyrics but a bad song. I'm never going to listen to that, you know?
3: Right. But if I have a great
1: great song with bad lyrics, I'm going to listen to that. So I think the lyrics just kind of enhance the experience. You know, if the the lyrics are amazing and very well written, it just enhances the, the song, I think. And it's like I say, I put a lot of effort and I try really hard with the lyrics. I try and make everything be as best it can be. It's just I feel... The, yeah, the music comes first to me. um mm. like I said, it just kind of having good lyrics enhances the experience. um, and yeah, most people do put a lot of you know thought and effort into the lyrics, um just because they want it to be the best it can be. But I think, yeah, for a, a lot of I mean, especially in like extreme metal, where a lot of times you can't understand the lyrics anyway, you've got to read the mm-hmm. lyrics. Understand them like you can't with the screaming and stuff, you can't understand what people are saying sometimes. Um, that's why it's kind of secondary, you know. Um, because you can't unless you kind of v- focus a lot or unless you read the lyrics and stuff, you can't tell if a lot of times you can't tell if the lyrics mm. are ridiculous or awful or, b- <laughs> or um, so I think that's why they, be- they come secondary in extreme metal for the most part, just because the lyrics are less prominent um they're less audible i guess mm-hmm. uh, yeah um but yeah everyone i know or most people i know and me like you want to you want to write good lyrics you want to you want to do the best you can um but yeah me being musically minded it's the music is the main focus um
3: mm.
1: yeah it's but yeah I'll, yeah a lot of metal lyrics are very well written and very um you know like you just you learn new words and stuff. i mean even going back mm. to like even going back to like for example i don't know like slayer you know they, like uh, back in the 80s they used like words that um you would never that you don't know what uh, they they mean stuff. You have, to, <laughs> you have to like look them up and uh you know and you're like wow this this is an evil word. Yeah, this is cool. I've never heard that used before and stuff like that. Um, um, so yeah, I think, yeah, like I say, good lyrics will enhance everything. Um, absolutely.
2: Well, thank you so much. This has been like really interesting. Yeah, it's it's been really great to talk to you. Appreciate uh, coming on.
1: Thank you. I, I've learned more about my lyrics <laughs> here and more about what's going on than than I've ever thought. Yeah, it's
0: that's always the aim. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's very interesting when my view being like purely like non-analytical whatsoever, kind of <laughs> of something, and then someone tells you what you're doing. It's always interesting to to hear what you're actually doing.
2: Well, yeah. I, when we emailed you and you said like oh, I don't think about lyrics that much, um, and then we looked at like we're both like I don't believe him because like there's so much to talk about. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when you said that I thought yeah, we're going to get like a 10-minute conversation. I've no got <laughs> like, no idea what um what you could possibly um explore, but yeah. There are yeah, a lot, maybe a little bit more um things going on than I realized. <laughs> yeah.
2: We'll set up an interview with um animals as leaders or something and get that 10-minute ten ep- ten episode done. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Uh well, yeah, we should also ask, you know, for any of our listeners and stuff who want to kind of uh explore more of your music, uh where's the best place to go for all of that?
1: So uh uh the Hellripper Bandcamp page, which is Hellripper.bandcamp.com mm-hmm. or you can go on Spotify and all the streaming places like that. Um just wherever you listen to music really, <laughs> type in Hellripper and it should come up. <laughs> <laughs> And is He's there anything,
2: um, you know, like this is obviously, uh, as we mentioned at the beginning, we're recording a bit advanced, so it'll it'll come out later in the year. But uh, do you have anything uh, that's in the works that people can look at, uh, forward to?
1: Or is, you know, you're on a little bit of a break? Um, yeah, we just announced a, a tour, a European tour in January, February with Abbott and Toxic Holocaust.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. that's so, dope. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be doing, I think it's like 36 days or something uh, in europe for that um i'm working on a new single or two um to try and release next year at some point uh while i'm working on the the next album because that that that'll take a little a little longer um and then yeah next in summer 2024 we're going to be doing a bunch of festivals and doing a small tour around europe again um primarily uk and europe based for now um and we'll get to Australia and the U S and stuff eventually, eventually when we can, when we can, yeah. um, When we get things sorted and when we're kind of available, because yeah, we're doing more and more each year that the, it's kind of difficult to kind of plan um, other stuff, but yeah. 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 Just follow the Instagram or the Facebook or whatever. And you can usually see me posting about whatever is going on, whatever's coming up yeah
2: well i'm very excited to hear you're coming to Australia. show that'll
1: be great
3: yeah that'll be Absolutely. amazing
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i'd love to make it happen we've had we've been in talks for ages about it but it's just yeah, it's never been never been doable never available never the right time or whatever mm-hmm. so hopefully we can make it happen soon enough i want to i want to get everywhere i want to get over there especially um yeah sweet sick
0: uh cool. yeah well thanks again this was really great um really fun yeah, uh you. interview for us um and i hope you know you've enjoyed yeah. it as well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. even if like you know every second answer was like you're thinking about yeah. this and i don't think about it too much
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no no yeah it was interesting thank you very much guys i really appreciate that cool cheers no well, thanks a lot man
0: Thank you for listening to Lingua Rutalica. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope you stay tuned for our next episode. Before we leave, we just wanted to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay respects to their elders, past and present.